This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a pretty cool show today. Um, so many techie things to talk about. Uh, near the end, we'll be chatting with the folks over at Tile. You know, they make the little uh, Bluetooth trackers. I've got one on my keychain. Uh, you can put them literally anywhere. They're so small. Well, they've got even smaller ones now with increased range. And that's actually really appealing to me because I actually didn't have a tile until recently. And I find that these new models that we'll talk about in, at length uh, shortly uh, are really compelling. And they're just so small and they're so much more useful, I think. People are putting them on their pets, even turtles. Yes. Which is weird, but we'll... Uh, I get we'll it, though. We'll find out about that. Can you imagine sticking one of these things in? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, let's also talk about uh, independent living for seniors uh, as well. We'll be uh, chatting with a senior about uh, how she does it and some new devices that give her confidence and peace of mind, knowing if she does have any type of uh, accident, injury, or fall. Uh, help is on its way very quickly. Yes. So uh, we'll uh, be exploring that uh, as well. And robots, they've been around for many years. Uh, we see them in all kinds of factory situations. We were over in China and saw them assembling smartphones and laptops. Well, we're going to see more and more of them in our lives, especially as they move into retail now, like Walmarts. Yes. Is that scary to you? You know, on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, I'm like, I welcome our robot overlords because I think there's lots of things they can do better than some of the humans that have been hired to do some of this stuff. This is true. And more efficiently and maybe more, uh, you know, the data will come out of that will be more useful and just make the general experience better. Well, maybe it'll make all the stuff we buy cheaper. Yes. And open up all kinds of new jobs because they're going to be taking away <laughs> a lot of jobs. Right. So we'll be talking about the new jobs that you might be looking for. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some of the news uh, right now. This was really interesting. We all have Wi-Fi in our homes and our offices. We use it to get the internet yes. wirelessly. Did you know that it can also be used to detect people in buildings like motion? I do now. So this is, I, I know that uh, there's some big companies working on this uh, for like weapons detection and, and things like that. But uh, Linksys, which is a big router manufacturer, uh, one of their Wi-Fi mesh systems, these are the systems that where you can take their little uh, stations and put them throughout your house to get like full coverage. Uh, so you don't have any dead spots. Well, they've got a new service for that called Linksys Aware. It's about three bucks a month down in the US to start. And it's kind of like a home monitoring service. It can actually detect if there's motion in your house when you're not there. Which is crazy because, you know, when you're blanketing your house with Wi-Fi, there's all these radio waves bouncing around. And as they go through walls and other things like that, that actually it was what usually the cause of a poor Wi-Fi signal. But now when a person walks through that stuff, and I've literally been in places where someone walking through the room actually cuts everyone's internet access down in half because it's sketchy to begin with. Yeah. Um, so now they're actually found a way to measure this and incorporate it into a service so it'll actually trigger you know, maybe a camera or something else to actually let you see that there's someone in your space. I'm interested to see how it all works. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I knew it was being developed for like commercial applications. I didn't realize it would be hitting home, like home, so quickly. Very quickly, yeah. And you know, three dollars a month. I'm still not sure. Like, what are you paying for the notification? Like, it's is it just another subscription model? Yeah, they're all trying to find ways to get that monthly right. nut from you. Yeah. 
to make more money. Right, because you, you bought the thing and then you don't need them anymore until there's a firmware update to patch the security hole. Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. Uh, let's talk about Fitbit. Yes. That's one of the leading uh, fitness trackers out there. Uh, big competitor to like the Apple Watches uh, of the world, which you are wearing. Uh, my mom has a Fitbit, loves it. Mm -hmm. She's not a very techie person, but she loves her Fitbit because she can just look on on its face and see how many steps she's done, how many calories, how far she's walked for the day. Well, up until now, they've been making most of those Fitbits in China because the labor is cheap and skilled there, so that keeps the cost down on them. But with the trade war going on with the US and China, tariffs are coming into play now. And so they can't afford the tariffs because it's such a competitive market right now. Their margins are already going down on these on these little devices. If those tariffs come into full effect, it will basically wipe them out. Right. So they're taking all the manufacturing of Fitbits out of China. Be interesting because when we were in China, one of the things we saw a lot of were Fitbit clones. Oh my god! Yeah. Right. Didn't you buy one for twenty dollars? No, it was like six dollars. Six dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, you have to think. You know, well, if Fitbit's no longer there providing the innovation, the factories and all that kind of stuff, is that going to affect the secondary market as well? Oh, yeah. Right? There's no question. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a really awesome show. So if you lose your stuff, we've uh, got some tech that can help you find it again. Everything from your bikes to helmets stuff. Your turtle. Your turtle. <laughs> your remote control. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking to the folks at Tile. If you are concerned about uh, independent living, if you are a senior or you have elderly parents, well, we've got some uh, pretty cool solutions to help uh, alleviate your fears and, and give uh, seniors confidence when they're out and about. And we also talk about some of the other options you might have as well and the pros and cons to both. Exactly. And coming right up after this break, we're going to talk about robots. They are coming. You're going to start seeing these robots in places like Walmart, stocking shelves, counting products getting in your way because there's not enough room in the aisles to begin with. We'll be talking with Brian Jackson over at uh, Infotech Research Group. It's all about the research, John. You're, right here. <laughs> you're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with uh, my good friend, John Beeler. Let's talk about robots. And I always love talking about robots on the show. It reminds me of uh, many years ago, uh, I was... Uh, doing the show and I had uh, do you remember Frank Ogden the futurist yes he's unfortunately passed away uh, recently uh, but I always loved having him on the show because people loved calling in and <laughs> so he was telling the story about robots and how the US military were developing robots that could just drop into North Vancouver and take over the city hypothetically <laughs> oh my god the uh, the phone board lit up and everyone was calling in when are the robots coming you know, should I be worried about the robots taking over? And I'm like, it's fake. It was, we're just talking <laughs> hypothetically. Well, robots are a big part of our lives, especially when it comes to factories and manufacturing and things like that. You know, we've been over in China seeing how smartphones are made. It's amazing. Well, they are moving into our, our world as well. You might actually see a robot stocking the shelves in Walmart quite soon. On the line, we've uh, got our good friend Brian Jackson from Infotech. Canada, Infotech Research Group Canada, sorry. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Mike. I wanted to bring you on because you are a premier, premier robot expert. Uh, so we've seen robots for many years, uh, how they have revolutionized manufacturing. Obviously, 
a lot of humans have become redundant as such, but uh, we're seeing more and more robots creeping into our homes and retail locations. Uh, have you seen some examples of these and should we be worried? <laughs> I don't think we should be worried, no. Uh, maybe if your job is uh, stocking grocery shelves, then you might have a concern. But even in that case, I bet that the grocery stores will come in and say that your job can now be more about customer service than it can be about uh, taking inventory on those grocery stores shelves. So I, I, I wouldn't worry too much, but it is something to be aware of. And uh, for example, you raised the prospect of Walmart there. So they're going to be one of the innovators in this area, Mike, because they've signed a deal with Bossa Nova Robotics where they're actually going, not in Canada, but in the US, they'll be piloting some robots that will go up and down the aisle and doing the job that humans are doing today. In this case, uh, a slim portion of a job, with uh, really a task, which is to make sure that uh, the right number of items are on the shelf and to see how quickly items go off the shelf. So you see that robot wheeling up and down the aisle, scanning things with its camera. Is that happening after hours? Or are we gonna see these things while we're actually shopping in Walmart? No, it's important that it happens during hours, right? Because if you just have the data capture uh, at the end of the day when the store is closed, that's not really enough information to know how quickly things are flying off the shelf. Uh, retailers want to supply data to their manufacturers and to their whole supply chain about how quickly uh, an item is selling and what time of day it's selling best. Uh, so the more frequent the data updates, the better. So the whole point of this type of solution is that uh, robots are coming out of those highly structured environments where they used to be really trapped in factories, where they would know exactly what would happen. Like, think about it. You're in the same space. There's no change to your physical environment. And the line of products that is moving in front of you is moving at exactly the same rate and always presenting you with the same task. Okay, that's the way that robots have been useful to us so far in terms of making things. But now, thanks to the advances in machine learning and artificial intelligence, we can move robots out of those uh, really highly structured environments into what we call semi-structured environments, where many of the elements are the same, but there's some random things that come up. For in the example of Walmart's grocery store aisles, you're gonna move, be moving around people. You might have a guy that's mopping the aisle, and then after that, there's a wet floor sign in the way. And you know what, somebody knocked over a can, and that's in the aisle now. You have to move around that. So this is the new capabilities that are coming to robots. But humans are a part of the equation still. There's there's not enough congestion inside the grocery store aisles already with all the grocery carts now. I'm going to have to be dodging robots? Yep. You'll have to <laughs> be ready to dodge them to the side, maneuver your carts around them. Or crash. over top of them. Or crash into them. So are they strictly being used for inventory purposes or do you think that they're actually going to be stocking the shelves, not just taking an inventory of what's on them and how frequently they're going off? So Walmart's idea is for uh, to start with taking inventory of what's on the shelf. That's right. But yeah, you could easily imagine that there would be robots that are going to be stocking shelves or doing tasks like that in the future. And what's important to talk about here is that it's not just 
automation, right? So while it'll be robots doing it, humans still have an important part to play in this ecosystem. So, you know, you're worried about losing your job as a grocery store clerk today, but you know what? You might be getting a new job where you help robots complete their tasks when they get stuck. So there's a new startup out of Silicon Valley and some ex-Google employees got together. They put together this company called Formant. And their whole idea is that to bring the ideas of cloud computing and platforms to the robot world. So people are going to imagine sort of like an Uber ecosystem where there's a list of robots in front of you. And when robots need help, they send you a text and they say, hey, what should I do in this situation? Here's what's in front of me. Here's what I'm seeing. You as the human, use your intuition and tell me how to solve this problem. Are these things going to take jobs? They, they're going to be taking jobs. I mean, if I was uh, a business owner and I could hire a robot that could replace uh, a few humans, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's immense cost savings over you know a few years. They will be taking jobs. The more easily your job is automated, the more the more quickly that it will be released by a robot. Right. But we've already been through this in our economy. We've seen factory jobs be replaced by robots. And the next uh, environment for this replacement will really be warehouses, actually, because even before retail environments, warehouses are, are structured environments and more structured than retail environments. So last year, there were 4,000 warehouses using robots in their processes. By 2025, there will be 50,000 warehouses wow. using robots. That's a, that is so a, that's a lot of jobs. Yeah, it's just exploding onto the scene and it will definitely be doing some tasks that humans are doing today. But what the good news is, is it's not a, uh, it's not taking away from the overall job pool. So while some jobs won't exist, new jobs will exist. For example, you might have to be the ro robot commander that's sitting behind your computer monitor and using your mouse and keyboard to tell the robots what to do when they get stuck. Because while 90% of the time the robot will be able to do the job automatically, there's going to be that 10% of the time, those edge case scenarios where it just can't solve the problem without a human telling it what to do. I'm pretty sure I was a robot commander on my Atari back <laughs> in the day. Uh, but you know what's interesting? Uh, I mean, we're talking warehouses and retail environments. Uh, they're trying robots out in other you know, industries as well. Fast food is one that I can think of that uh, I'm sure the franchisee owners of these restaurants would die uh, to have some sort of robotic uh, intervention to save on uh, labor costs. Uh, but, you know, it's not always a, a good thing. You, you know, Cali Burger. They tried a, uh, a robot burger flipper in California uh, last year, but it was too good. It right. was so effective, but also too fast. The humans couldn't assemble the burgers fast enough, so they fired the robot because <laughs> it goofed up the whole system. Couldn't they just make a robot to assemble the burger then too? Or is that still too hard for a robot to I'm keep up with? Um, well, I'm sure that technology is coming, the burger assembly. Right. But, you know... Technology marches on. I mean, even in you know McDonald's, for example, you know those giant screens now where you order your food. You don't have to talk to a human anymore, and it's kind of sad because I almost want to talk to the human because the 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 big pads take 
I find they take longer to do the order. I can just go to the counter and talk to, uh, you know, a teenager there and like, hey, quarter pounder with cheese. But you're assuming fries. you're assuming there's going to be a teenager there to take the order because I've actually been to some McDonald's where they don't have a counter. No. Yeah. They, oh, just the- there's no till at all. It's just those kiosks, right? Because those people are more useful in the back, assembling the burgers and and completing the order type of thing. So Brian, uh, I guess your overall message is train to be a robot commander. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you're worried about your job being eliminated by robots, look at what your judgment provides to value to in your jobs. Because what robots are really good at today is that repetitive prediction of a constant task, right, that has to be repeated over and over again. But what they're not good at is providing human judgment to a situation. So. If you have a job where you're exercising judgment over what's interesting or what's valuable or what people will like, then you're probably safe for the next little while. When we were in China, we saw, and I, we were both, Mike and I were both surprised, Brian, that the robots did a lot of the work, but the, there was a couple of key things that humans still had to do yeah. that the robots couldn't do. And one of them was the quality assurance path and making sure that the screens were nice and clean and, and how the packaging was assembled, that type of stuff. That they they said that the robots just couldn't do it well enough. Oh, but when they develop that robot, believe me, those humans are gone. <laughs> Brian, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Brian Jackson from uh, the Infotech Group. They're uh, a research Infotech research group, uh, one of the fastest growing research uh, groups uh, out there. When we come back from the break, we still got to talk about some cool things. Uh, if you are living on your own, you're older, you're concerned about your wellness and safety, well, TELUS has got a solution to help look after you. And we'll be talking about the little tiles, uh, those little things that help you find your wallet and your keys and your bicycle. They've got some new ones that have come out. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Eggerbo here in studio with uh, John Beeler. Uh, if you didn't know this, uh, This past October 1st was National Seniors Day and uh, all sorts of interesting health and technologies available now to uh, help us as we uh, get older to be more independent. I I think of my parents as well. They're getting up there in age. I think uh, my dad is uh, around 83, 84. My mom is about four years younger. Uh, But, you know, they, uh, you know, are requiring more and more help. And so, you know, whenever I come across technologies to make their lives a little bit easier, Uh, I love to look into them. Uh, Today, we've got uh, a great guest on the line. Uh, Her name is Sheila Smith. Uh, She's 76 years old and uh, wanted to chat with her about uh, what uh, she's doing to, uh, I guess, make her life a little more independent. Thanks for joining us, Sheila. That's great. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Sheila, uh, there's a few um, devices uh, that I looked into for my my parents, uh, and I think both of them were with TELUS. You've actually had a chance to to try some of these out. Can you tell our listeners about them? Yes, um, I've tried both TELUSes. I had the one that um, was attached to my modem. Well, it was if something happened, um, it, I could c- contact them. I could press the button, tell them I had fallen or something like that. I, when I had this uh, device a couple of years ago, I had a bit of a problem. I collapsed in the in the bathroom, and thank goodness I had my TELUS device on. But unfortunately, I didn't have my hearing aids on. Oh no! So I, oh, no. I couldn't. I couldn't hear the modem. Yeah. So I took my my thing and I took the device and I hit it against the the cupboard so yeah. that somebody would know that something was going on. And because they couldn't hear me, 
because I wasn't near the modem. Yeah. And I couldn't hear them because I didn't have my hearing aids on. They actually contacted my son. Fortunately, he was just about to go out on a four-hour long-distance run. He got the message, and he found out that there was something wrong. And so he came, and there he was on the floor in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Get up. Well, how how um, how lucky were you that uh, this device was able yes, to uh, get an alert to your son? Absolutely, yes. It was a lifesaver because really what was happening, I was going into septic shock. Oh, my God. And Yeah. So uh, Sean got a hold of an ambulance to come and get me and took me to the hospital. So when I see, see anybody with a device or somebody that's my age, and who has the potential to fall, I recommend the device because it really saved my life. Now I have a more advanced device. It uh, has a GPS, so I don't need the modem anymore. And if I happen to fall in the street, the GPS knows exactly where I am and somebody can come to my my aid. Uh, Fortunately, I haven't had to use it that way, but the device gives me security. Because I'm 76, I um, I do have MS. So there's that thought in the back of my head that I could fall at any time. I don't normally fall, but I have the device, and so it allows me to go out. I do exercise classes. I volunteer. um, I tutor my grandsons. I I have four grandchildren, actually. So I'm very active, but it's a peace of mind to have the device, and it also is a peace of mind for my kids. Uh, what we're talking about today, uh, these are a couple new devices from TELUS. Uh, they're uh, Living Well uh, companion devices. They've got the Living Well companion home uh, that works inside your home and uh, also uh, a more portable one that, uh, well, they're both portable, uh, one that also has a GPS built into it called the Living Well Companion uh, Go. So uh, they have uh, 24-7 emergency, emergency support uh, just by pushing the button on them. Uh, and automatic fall detection, which would be important because if you fall and knock yourself unconscious, uh, you might not be able to push the button. <laughs> essentially, exactly. essentially. Uh, Sheila, I want to I want to thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about this. I yes, thank you very much for having me. I think the device is really worthwhile for all of us old folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sheila Smith talking about uh, some of the new. TELUS uh, Living Companion uh, devices. You can check them out on TELUS.com. So, John, let's talk about this. Senior monitoring is a big business, and it's going to be even larger as the population ages. So this is one interesting way to do it. So, you know, looking at the pricing for the GPS one, you're looking at about 55 bucks a month, but you don't have to buy the hardware, and I don't think you have to have a smartphone either. This thing just works by itself. Right. So you can put a pendant. But presumably on. it has to connect to your TELUS Wi-Fi. Well, this one, the GPS one, I think is just because you can take it out in the world. Okay. Like you can leave the home. So it's using a cellular network or is it like, like how is it actually working? Uh, I believe it's a cellular network. Okay. So, that. okay. Well, you know, $55 a month for that peace of mind is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I mean, that's also something that I considered when I got my Apple watch was the fact that it has fall detection now. Yeah. And if I was to trip and fall on the curb, like I actually have done outside the office while bringing stuff in out of a car, if I would have hit my head and got knocked unconscious, uh, my watch would actually confirm if I'm okay if I don't respond within 30 seconds, call emergency services, and send a notification to my emergency contact with my location that I'm having a problem. So, But the cost of entry for that is much higher, I think. If you look at the course of a couple of years worth of service for the TELUS solution versus an Apple Watch, 
with a smartphone or an LTE connection with the, you know, all this other stuff and thinking about the target market in this particular case, they may not want that extra technology that they have to charge and keep up to date and all that type of stuff for this stuff to work. Whereas the pendant you just put on, I don't know what the battery life is like on that thing, and if they have the charger, or if there's like a little dock for it or there, something. There's a charger. So they've got the uh, the the Living Well Go, uh, and they've got the Living Well Home. So the home has two different uh, price points: twenty five bucks a month, and uh, it's got um, two way voice communication, but with a base station. You have to have a landline uh, as well. Right. Uh, they also have a thirty five dollar a month option for the home one, uh, and that includes fall detection. Yeah, and so. Thirty-five bucks a month. You got to have a landline. The GPS one is fifty-five bucks a month. It's got uh, the two-way communication, and it also has, uh, you know, the fall detection uh, on it uh, as well. Uh, but again, back to the Apple Watch. So the two ways to go there. You've got to get one of the latest ones, uh, the fifth generation, fourth, fourth or fifth for the fall detection. Fourth or fifth for the fall detection, okay. uh, which kind of does the same thing, but you have to have a. You have to uh, pair it with a smartphone. You have to have an iPhone with yeah. you. Yeah. Which might be too much tech for yeah. the older set. Um, whereas so it, this is just set and forget, basically. Yeah. Put the pendant on grandma or grandpa and go forth yeah. in the home or out well, in it, the world. So, yeah. At first I thought, it's better to get an Apple Watch. But then I'm thinking... Maybe it just well, depends on the person, though. Yeah. You know, if they're not over, overly technical, then then you're dealing with iPhones and Apple Watches, which... It's going to be a pain. It is. Well, you'll be tech support. Too. I will be tech support yeah. all the time. Yeah. Whereas these Living Well companions, yeah. you know, I, at first I thought 55 bucks a month. But when you compare that to like an Apple Watch and an iPhone and your cellular plan, it's not a bad deal. No, no. Like the peace of mind. Like, can you imagine for your elderly parents, like just knowing that if there are any issues, they've got a little device that they can basically push a button if they're having any issues and they can talk to someone and yeah. you can get alerted right away and they have fall detection. Yeah. That, I don't know, that gives me. Yeah, no, it, it does seem like a good deal. And and I know from personal experience, um, I had uh, a mother-in-law who fell and unfortunately passed away because she couldn't have, she didn't have any way of notifying anybody that she had fallen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's really scary and horrible. Well, it's an interesting category. I think uh, we're going to do a little more research on this for uh, upcoming shows as well. Yeah. But I think this is uh, you know, probably one of the, the better ones to look at right now. And if uh, you're elderly parents or if you're elderly and you do have an iPhone, an Apple Watch is another way to go yeah. as well. So check that out. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've uh, got uh, a special guest uh, in here today. She's uh, strolling through town. Her name is Jade Castro from Tile. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. What is Tile? Well, some users know, and uh, right now we're looking at the app, and there's actually over 8,000 users, individual users, just right downtown Vancouver. These are these little uh, devices or tags that you can put uh, on your important things, like laptops, wallets, uh, to help you track them so that you don't lose them going uh, going forward. How big is Tile? Like, how many people are using these? Um, a lot. We've had over 26 million devices sold. We Our Tile community spans 230 countries and territories, and we're finding over 6 million lost items every single day. So 
a lot of people every day using it. Yes. six million lost items every day <laughs> i'm probably making up a huge chunk of that i'm, I'm, I'm skewing <laughs> it uh so these are kind of cool so these are very tiny things typically in the past i think you start off with little squares yep. uh and you could put those uh on pretty well everything uh bluetooth technology is that correct exactly yep and so you've got some new stuff uh, out today maybe we'll start with the uh the traditional kind of square tile that people are familiar with what's new with that yeah, absolutely. So I'll just say, you know, we first introduced the tile um, about six years ago. Yeah. So every year we're kind of refining it, trying to make it smaller, more discreet while improving the functionality. So um, today the updated mate uh, now has a 200 foot range, which is 500 feet longer than the previous generation. So uh, same size and shape, same has, it has that reinforced keyhole, so it can be easily attached to keys, which is a primary use case for the mate. <laughs> I know. I have it on my keys, and I don't lose my keys yeah, anymore good. in the house. Yes. Good, which good, is good. Great. Um, so yeah, we are excited to announce today that this one has extended range. So how, 250 feet? 200 feet. 200 feet. 200 feet. And what's the price on that? This one for a single pack is twenty nine ninety nine. Okay. And uh, what's the battery life on this? What? How long does it last? And... How do people yeah. replace them? So they vary. The Tile Mate is a one-year replaceable battery, so it is guaranteed to last for a year. Yeah. Um, if you are a Tile Premium member, you will get automatic battery replacements at the 11-month mark. Okay. Um, otherwise, you can retile it through our retile program. And yeah, so this one's one-year guaranteed. And you've got a Tile Pro as well. We do. So Pro um, is one of our most more durable products. Yeah. We see a lot of folks use it on outdoor equipment like camping uh, camping materials as well as you know your keys as well yeah um but that one now has a 400 foot bluetooth range okay which is pretty unprecedented and when we're talking range that's the distance between your little tile and your phone your yes so that's the bluetooth connectivity of range okay so what happens when you go outside of that range so when you're outside of bluetooth range that's where the tile community steps in yes um so first you can open up your app and see the last place seen on a map yes so you can see the last place you were in bluetooth range with your with your tile Pro. Okay. Um, otherwise, you can mark it as lost, and then the Tau community, which we were talking about here in Vancouver, is over eight thousand strong. Just downtown um, here, yeah. Just downtown, yeah. Yep. So when you mark it as lost, that means that everyone else who has the Tile app is actively looking for your Tile. Okay. So when they come within Bluetooth range of it, they will update the location for you. Will they get an alert? Yes. So if they help you find something, yes. they'll get a nice little note because everything is anonymous, but yep. they'll get a nice little uh, push notification that says. Thank you. You helped someone find something today. Very, very cool. And then yeah. you then you get a notification that it was found. Yep. And um, you know, ninety percent of items that are marked as lost in the Tile app are found. Okay, so you've got some new form factors now as well yes. that I, I I'm pretty excited about. So let's talk about the Tile Slim. Uh, you've had that out before. It was kind of a really thin square. Yep. But you've made it a different shape now. We did. So first of all, we got a lot of positive feedback about Slim. People love how discreet it was. It's about as thick as two credit cards. Okay. Um, however, they weren't thrilled about the square shape. For some people, it was leaving an awkward mark in their wallet. Uh, so what we've done is we've given it a new form factor. It is now the shape of a credit card. Okay. Yep. And it also comes in black, so uh, it won't get dirty if it's stuck in a in the crease of a wallet for years. You know how how the white can sometimes smudge. So that's the biggest form factor change. There is the shape. Another exciting thing is we moved the speaker from the back of it to the front left corner. So when it is tucked into a wallet or a passport sleeve, um, you'll still hear that. And the battery life on that again? This one is three years. Okay. And it's also waterproof. Okay. Yep. So, if you so get, I can go swimming. 
Uh, you can't. Your money probably won't be in good shape, <laughs> but your tile slim will be. Okay, so the last one here, I I'm really excited about uh, the tile sticker. Yeah. And these things are basically the size of a quarter, and they've got a sticky back on them. Um, we worked with 3M on the adhesive on that back, so it's pretty strong. It's going to last. This one, like you said, it's about the size of a quarter. It's our smallest tile yet. It's also round. It's because we worked around the battery. So that's we were able to get this small because we're working around the battery size. It's kind of like it's like a watch battery in there, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so that that adhesive, like how good is that? I mean, it's this thing is water resistant. Is this thing going to be able to take the elements if it's like on a it bike will. or bike or something like exactly. that? Exactly. And you know, that's um, there are a lot of use cases that we see this for. Most of them we saw directly from our users. So yeah. for years we've seen t- people start um, sticking tile to things that feel a little bit awkward. So that's also what kind of encourages our form factor designs. So bikes are a huge use case. So this can easily kind of be stuck underneath the seat and it's discreet, people won't see it. But also another one that we would get a lot are remotes. Ah, Um, yes. So we would see the tile mate stuck on a remote and it works. Yeah. But it's not as, as it's a little bit awkward. Yeah. So we're hoping that the sticker will help with remotes and some other electronic devices as well. I, I could see my dog as well. Not that I'd stick this right on my dog, but like uh, on a tag, on, a tag mm-hmm. on your dog collar. Yep. Because uh, it's small enough and light enough that it's not going to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. Too it's, heavy. It's, it's very light. It's very small, but it's it's powerful. It's got a three year battery life and it's 150 foot Bluetooth range. And uh, what's the price on that? I, they come in a two pack. Yep. The sticker comes in a two pack and that's forty nine ninety nine. That's uh, pretty cool. So uh, that adhesive you say is like strong as anything. What if I need to get that off? Yeah, you can certainly take it off. You have to intentionally take it off. It's yeah. not going to fall off. Um, and then we will sell replacement adhesives on oh, our okay. website. Oh, okay. So you can go to your website and get some new exactly. backings for it. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, exciting. Where can people find out more information about Tile? Yeah, you can go to our website, tile.com, and the products will be available in Best Buy, Staples, what did I say, Canadian Tire. So you'll be able to find it easily. And London Drugs. Yes, London Drugs. There you go. We've been talking with Jade Castro from Tile. Uh, They make the little Bluetooth trackers that you can track with your smartphone. Some really cool new ones. Uh, Check out our website. Uh, We'll actually have uh, a video of all the the different models uh, here as well. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. It's that time for the Amazon skill of the week for all the Alexa owners out there. What do you got, John? Mike, have you ever been cooking, following a recipe? and run out of an ingredient that's on the list (laughs) all the time because if i was smart i would have prepared and made sure i had all the ingredients before i started right so there's actually an alexa skill called ingredient sub and you basically if you're cooking you're missing an ingredient you can say alexa open ingredient sub and tell the skill which ingredient you're out of and it will give you a list of over 100 ingredients along with their substitution ratios and options for those ingredients so if i didn't have brown sugar for example it would give me options. If there is an option. If I was out of apples for my apple pie. You'd have to go to the store. <laughs> Does it tell you you're an, Id- an idiot? And Just you, Mike? Yes. Probably, yes. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, pre- it's pretty cool. Because, you know, you never, you also kind of be curious to know what you could replace instead of that thing that maybe someone in the family is allergic to or something else too. So maybe explore some more recipe options. I love it. What's it called again? Ingredient sub. That's all the time we have left today. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. John, Graham, and Stephen, and of course, AJ. And Christina. And Christina. Don't forget to check out our podcasts uh, where you find your favorite podcasts, Spotify, and of course, on our website as well, getconnectedmedia.com. Lots of great videos. 
up there as well. And don't forget to listen to the app show every Sunday here on Global News Radio CKNW 980 from 10 to 11. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.